0: We're rolling, we're rolling. We drive all day Stay cool, man. We got something special to be on today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5, stood in for the score. Touchdown! Yeah!
1: Yes, welcome in ladies, gents, boys and girls, this is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast, back in your ears for yet another week, and I'm joined in a three-man rule this week by the boss himself, Mr Monk, how you doing Tim?
0: Yeah, not very much, not too bad, not too bad, do you reckon actually any boys and girls listen
1: to this podcast? Uh, hopefully mate, you know, we'll branch out to anybody, <laughs> we'll take any listeners that we can get mate, to start them young, that's what I yeah, say, yeah. absolutely. And, no, um,
0: absolutely. No, I'm, I'm pretty pretty well. I'm, I'm a bit uh, thirsty for sports so much that I've, I've actually had the snooker on this week to, to leave my wife to call me an old man. So, I mean, I'm already, I'm already an old man. So, yeah.
1: yeah. I like the fact that they've even got fake crowd noise at the snooker. I mean, that's superb. I mean, that the football was one thing, but fake crowd noise at the crucible is just superb, if you ask me. And uh, we've got a special guest joining us from the college branch because obviously significant news coming out of there and it's going to impact the NFL in one way, shape or form. So to get his view on things, we welcome Lee into the pod. How are you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, not bad. Um, I think just going back to what Tim just said, thirsty. I think I'm just thirsty because it's bloody boiling, isn't it? It's bloody red hot up here. Um, So yeah, just uh, hoping for some cooler evenings now, to be honest with you. Sweating my head off in bed.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we've got another few days of it, unfortunately, but uh, it could be worse, mate. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. We could all be named Darius Guys, fellas. Let's start there, because boy, oh boy, is he a naughty boy. Um, Released from the Washington, I was going to call them the Redskins then, but the Washington football team, as they're obviously currently uh, known as. And let's be honest, rightfully so, I don't really want to spend an awful lot of time talking about the guy himself, because boy, oh boy, talk about some allegations and charges. Um, Three separate accounts um, stretching back to February the 14th, so obviously not a happy Valentine's Day in that household, but essentially charges (laughs) of domestic abuse, which isn't any laughing matter, Mr. Monk, as you well know, um, but all sorts of things that have gone on. Um, Also in the news today, apparently that one of the charges of strangulation, which is a felony. In Virginia which is where it was committed is the fact that he not only strangled his girlfriend but actually strangled her apparently to the point of unconsciousness so I would suggest fellas that's probably the end of his career before it's really got started isn't it Tim would you say uh,
0: I mean in, in, in oh, I an ideal world I mean you'd hope so I mean you do see you know people like cream hunt and some other cases where people have had misdemeanors Joe Mixon obviously is another one who's had issues obviously in college with um, I think there's a video going around where were, was it in a restaurant and you punched punched the girl out or something but um, yeah I mean hopefully you, know, you don't see you know, um, behaviour like that rewarded with another NFL contract so I, I for one I hope that he's, we don't see him in the league obviously he's not been on the field much since he's joined the league anyway so um, he's, he's not done himself any favours um, yeah, not, not a nice thing that he's done and that's how he, he gets what he deserves.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a shame really though, Lee, in terms of the player because obviously coming out of college he sort of was one of these guys that certainly picked up a lot of traction through <laughs> the draft and the combine process in particular where he impressed and obviously, um, you know, Washington would have been looking for a back. Um, you know, to obviously really improve that backfield, it's obviously just not worked out from a from a playing perspective. As Tim mentioned, there was injuries, but obviously he was a guy that was full of promise coming out, wasn't
2: he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you say, I you've summed it up really nicely. He was a back um, who could do it all. Back that did great for a big program in LSU. Um, and like you say, just talent has, has you know not been not been used. It's been wasted completely. You know, with his injuries and then obviously this incident now. Uh, But you know, some some um, draft experts had him above Saquon, which you know seems ridiculous now, a couple of years in, given what uh, the trajectory of the two players. But you know that's how talented it was that some people were considering them equal, if not having guys above them. I don't want to say that was the mainstream thought. Of course, it wasn't, but there were people out there, and they weren't really shouted down that much because you know some people could see it, and you could at least nod along with the debate, even if you disagreed with it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Certainly, like you say, a waste of a talent. And, I mean, obviously, what it does do is create an opportunity. And I suppose there's two ways that this could potentially go. We've obviously got the old man himself, Adrian Peterson, all day. Can he do it again and suit up for yet another season? Potentially break the 1,000-yard barrier again? Um, Or will it potentially be another rookie um, that comes in and, and grasps the opportunity? So, I'm going to pass this to both of you, fellas, Lee. Let's start with the rookie option. Um, it's obviously probably going to be an opportunity. Um, is it, I think it's, am I right in saying it's Antonio Gibson? I think that's correct, that's right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So give us a bit of an insight about Antonio Gibson. Is he good enough to potentially sort of now seize this opportunity?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the talent. He's coming out of a, a very, very good school in terms of recent talent development in that kind of position. So he's coming out of Memphis, um, obviously produced uh, Daryl Henderson. Uh, Devin Singletary. No, sorry, not Devin Singletary. Dale Henderson and uh, Lynn Bowden came out of there um, as well. Uh, And I feel feel like I'm forgetting another one as well, another running back that came out of there recently. Uh, Anyway, yeah, he's one of these kind of um, multifaceted playmakers, really. He's more of a wide receiver uh, in college, um, but now Washington want to convert him to being a full-time running back. Uh, but, yeah, just one of these playmakers that you see kind of doing a little bit of everything, um, you know, as the NFL moves away from backs like Adrian Peterson, who kind of these big bruising guys and towards the kind of guys with a more diverse skill set. I think we're going to see more of uh, the type of mould of these Limbo and Antonio Gibson kind of players. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a very talented boy. Indeed, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a muddy backfield back there. So I'm not 100% sure if he'll replace Geis uh, or you know carry the load, shoulder that load um, on his own. I think he'll be um, a sort of player that will come in, change of pace, uh, probably do some receiving as well because obviously that's what he's been comfortable with in college. And um, yeah, he'll he'll kind of um, be that change of pace guy, and maybe have a package of plays in the in the playbook for him. Um, you know, not I wouldn't want to say trick plays because it's not going to be that gimmicky, but uh, just sort of things that only he will he will do, and he'll kind of be earmarked for really. But um, yeah, like I say, talented boy, but. Um, not 100% sure he'll shoulder build on his own, he won't be a, a feature back, and especially because of you know, the shortened off-season and him changing positions, becoming a full-time running back as well.
1: Yeah, it could be potentially a nice one-two punch then, like you say, because Tim, obviously one thing that you pretty much can guarantee with Peterson down the years has been consistency. He's obviously always been a tough runner, he's got that bruising style, obviously the thing that's against him, is far the time, but you know, how do you think he'll do um, in the 2020 season?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, Lee said it's going to be a muddy backfield. I mean, the, the amount of people standing back there on, on, on FedEx Field is obviously tough as well. So it will, it will actually probably be a muddy backfield. Um, but then there's a whole host of, of people there. But if you, if you actually go to the Washington wo- um, football team's website, is on the on the depth chart. It's literally only got Adrian Peterson on there. So maybe that's your answer that you, that you need. It's just going to be all Adrian Peterson. Uh, I don't know. But uh, here's here's a little game for you, Peter. You guys on the spot. How many how many rush attempts do you think Adrian Peterson has had since he's entered? He's been in the league for his whatever 13 year career. How many rushes are you going for?
1: Oh dear to me. For 13 years. Three and a half thousand.
2: You, your maths is quicker than mine. I'm trying to do like a quick,
1: quick little. Doesn't mean my maths is any goodly.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go maybe more like four and a bit, four thousand one hundred, let's say. Maybe adding a bit on for his big Uh, years. uh, Three, three
0: thousand and thirty-six. Yeah, obviously, of of those thirteen years, uh, eight eight, yard rushing seasons. Uh, and then add, add another two where he had um, just under 1,000 rushing yards, but had of the tops of to 1,000 yards in terms of all-purpose yards. Um, had 8, 898 rush yards uh, last year. Only, just, only 211 attempts last year as well, 4.3 per carry, um, which is far from a cliff dive you know, from, from previous years and his, his decent years. And it's probably um, some running backs in the league at the moment probably look at it and think, oh, give me, give me 4.3 a carry. But um, it, it's actually quite interesting because the last couple of years, He's not seen the field, and not taken that many carries, so dare I say that that's helped his kind of longevity. Um, he's certainly not the, going to be the answer in the passing game. Uh, you know, you've got like say you've got Antonio Gibson, you've also got Bryce Love, who they I think they they drafted like, the year before as well, didn't they? So um, yeah. you've got, then you've got your guys like Peyton, it Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick I think standing around there as well. So uh, from from a competition standpoint for his role, it's it's probably as much competition as a chocolate teapot's going to give him, but. Um, I think judging by, obviously, we haven't started the season yet and there's people like Devonta Freeman out there, but I, I can't see the Washington football team getting another running back in. I think they will go with uh, with Adrian Peterson. In terms of, of reaching the 1,000 yards rushing this, this season, it's probably uh, as good as a coin flip. I, th- I think, again, you, you, you probably have something similar to last season where he's around 900 yards and then adds in maybe a couple of yards or, or two from, uh, from the passing game. So I think for all purpose-wise, I think you'd, you'd be it'd be a brave man to bet against him not hitting 100 uh, 1000 yards but i think with washington in general you know you've got to look at game scripts i'm not i'm not sure how much of the the 2020 season they're going to be leading or in maybe in neutral game scripts obviously they have to lean on the defense a little bit and, and kind of in, and grind the other teams down but you, know, you have to add in age he's, he's 35 years young uh, although he did come out the other day and say that he wants to play to his 40 i'm not quite sure he's uh, he's got the avocado diet but um yeah, there are obviously durability concerns due to his age. He's not a spring chicken, um, but he's, he's certainly got the opportunity, uh, and he's certainly got the talent. So I don't, I don't see why he couldn't. Uh, I just think it might be, be some fact. If he doesn't, it'd be factors outside, um, outside of his kind of control.
1: Yeah, and no, like so, I say, an interesting one to keep our eyes peeled to. We'll obviously update you as soon as anything drops in terms of news for Darius Geis. Um, Obviously, expecting uh, something in the non-too-distant future, I would suggest, in terms of that one. A back that everybody could have picked up, because I actually forgot the guy existed, but the New England Patriots didn't forget, was Lamar Miller, who signed a one-year deal um, with the Patriots last night. A bit of a left-field signing. Obviously, That again, another cloudy backfield issue. Already plenty of people behind there that were potentially in line to split some carries. You can now add Lamar Miller's name to it. Obviously, he'd been a, a lead back, hadn't he? Um, with the Dolphins and with the Texans lost last year to injury. Um, but coming back with the Patriots and Vinnie Curry re-signing with the Eagles. So, a bit of depth along the defensive line there. I know a few teams had been interested. The Browns were one of those. Um, so, yeah, another couple of minor bits of news on the signings front. Um, but the main news, of course, is still, unfortunately, COVID-related. We talked about it on the pod last week that there was a deadline for opt-outs and that has now come and gone. And we ended up with a total of 69 players opting out of the 2020 season, um, which I think is probably around about the number that people were expecting. I'd sort of heard anything sort of between 60 and 70 was the sort of expectation from around the league. Um, And some teams have been more affected than others. Some divisions in particular more affected. Than others, Um, some of the notable names um, to drop out. If we take a look first, NFC East, um, Nate Solder from the Giants, Marquise Goodwin from the Eagles, probably the two biggest names to drop out from there. Um, In terms of the NFC North, we talked around draft time, didn't we, that the Packers hadn't addressed their wide receiver situation. Not going to help that Devin Funches is one of the guys to drop out there, although he's obviously not been pulling up any trees really, has he? Um, The the division that suffered the least amount of um, opt-outs was the NFC West, where there was only one per team. Marcus Gilbert for the Cardinals, um, Travis Benjamin for the 49ers, Chance Womack for the Seahawks and Chandler Brewer for the Rams. Um, So just one apiece coming out of there. Um, Nothing overly significant in the NFC South. A couple of backup tight ends in New Orleans, so they've just got a couple on their depth chart. Miami lost a couple of wide receivers in Hearns and Wilson. Buffalo lost a couple of defensive players. Obviously, we talked last week in depth about the Patriots and they um, you know, finished with the league high number of eight dropping out, followed then in the AFC North by the Cleveland Browns who basically lost every backup offensive lineman that was on the roster. Um, Four of the five Browns dropping out were offensive linemen. And obviously, I think the the two ones, just to shout out, really, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know Lawrence did it on the pod last week, but... um, The offensive lineman, Lauren Duvernay-Tardif, obviously pulling out, not particularly for his own health reasons, but actually because he's got a doctorate um, and thinks he can be more helpful off the field. So, fair play to him indeed. Um, I've seen a lot of people sort of speculating, fellas, you know, is this going to be a season with an asterisk next to it? I think realistically speaking, most of the players that have dropped out have been sort of, you know, low down on the depth chart, or they've been ageing in their careers anyway. I don't think anyone's going to be able to necessarily use that as the reason now for why they didn't, you know, put a run together um, if anything, is there actually almost a sort of bigger congratulations to the eventual winners this year to be able to come through all of the additional protocols and things that are in place? Um, you know, Lee, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think that's it. I think that end point is exactly it. I don't think that um, it's an asterisk season by any means. It's not as though we've had like, you know, if we'd had someone like, you know, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, you know, big QBs drop out or, you know, other big defensive players, for example. Uh, dropping out and you had them in numbers and I'm talking in the hundreds I think you could have said that yeah it's a bit of a half season it's not really you know the the, the Super Bowl champions not really ran that gauntlet of having to beat all these you know top top players but I don't I don't think that's the case at all um you no know, it's 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 a it's a relatively small number in terms of percentage that that have actually dropped out but no I think you're right I think like I said you you sort of hit the nail on the head there that um Whoever remains most sensible and you know sticks to these protocols, as well as you know having to go through the sporting aspects of the season, is, is going to triumph. And it's something that Joey Bose said actually in his interview after signing his new deal. And, and obviously the Chargers, as you probably went through there, the Chargers are one of the only teams that didn't have any opt-outs at all um, and haven't had any uh, positive tests either. So it, it's one of those things where maybe you know he's looking inside our camp and thinking, well, we're obviously following all the protocols. That probably gives us a good a, a, as good as any chance of coming, you know, through the season and, and, and doing well. Um, obviously, there's nothing wrong with any of the people that have. You know, it's not their choice, um, and you know, it's up to their, those teams that you know, to safeguard them and, and give them the advice that they need. Um, obviously, it does benefit you know everyone else when you've got you know everyone in the um, AFC. So yeah, the AFC East, you know, we know you know lots of Patriots players dropping out, quite a few Miami players dropping out. Obviously, that division is looking even more healthy for the Bills, and obviously. Um, they they were probably the favourites anyway as the the new season drew closer Um, so yeah it is going to be an extra challenge for everyone it's going to be just a funny season you know we're going to talk about college in a moment as well and obviously I'll talk about that tomorrow on our podcast Um, and it's just going to be a bit of a unique season in some ways and I I don't feel like it's an asterisk I just think it's a it's another challenge to overcome and you know, we talk about the next man up mentality and I think you guys talked about this on the podcast last week and I think that's exactly it, I think that's what the NFL thinks and and it's just going to be another season but just in a kind of twofold reason as well. Um, I don't want to talk about the Chargers too much, obviously everyone knows I'm a Chargers fan but Anthony Lynn was in a recent interview talking about having two playbooks for the season, one for COVID and one for the actual you know, game plan and things like that so I'm sure head coaches are, are approaching it in that way as well and it's, it's just one of these things that Hopefully it only be for one season, but um, you know could be for however long that we have to live with COVID for, really.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And see, Tim... see, I I,
0: dis- I disagree. So, can I just jump in there? I, I kind of disagree. I still think there's a second bite of this cherry that COVID kind of has on the league because um, obviously you've got your, your mandatory payments that come in for those players that have opted out. I just wonder how many how many games we get into the season before a couple of people have picked up a few game che- checks, which have which. Obviously, equate uh, to more than what the, the you know, 350 grand or 150 grand you would get. I just wonder how many people are gonna uh, play the loophole a little bit and say, okay, right. I'm going to play X number of games, and I'm, you know, I don't want any part of this. I've now got more money because I didn't opt out. I'm now going to sit sit for the rest of the season, and I just, I just wonder how many teams or how many players will, will are thinking like that. And I know it's a bit cynical to do so, uh, but I just still think that you're going to get weeks, even maybe in the postseason, where, where where some teams are decimated because there's more than you know five or six players on on the on the COVID or injured reserve, reserve list, and they're they're done for two weeks. I just, I still think there's still an asterisk that still can be put on on this season just just because of you know. Covid's not going away and there's still an effect that it can play on the teams and on the season.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, as you say, it's obviously you know, a slightly cynical view and, and I suppose proof will ultimately be in the pudding, won't it? Um, in terms of how many people do take that option, if that indeed does become a factor... I think it'll be really interesting if a team, you know, is, is very quickly sort of out of contention within in the division or or things to that nature. Obviously, if teams are sort of poised for a, a playoff run, um, you know, then then obviously you wouldn't expect to see that. But like you say, if a team starts off one and three or something of that ilk, and and it seems a long way back, then it will definitely be one to keep an eye out for. Um, Lee, you touched on it there. We're not going to go into huge depth because I know you and the boys are going to get behind the mic and probably give it more justice on your own pod. But do you just want to give us a quick sort of overview on what's happening with college football? There's obviously an awful lot of chatter on Twitter in terms of what will or probably more likely what won't be happening in that sphere. You can obviously give us a bit of a lowdown. Um, but it's obviously going to have a knock-on effect for the NFL, which we'll discuss in a minute. But just give us a brief overview, mate, of what's happening as, as things stand.
2: Yeah, so it's it's all like a developing situation, you know. I think we mentioned it on the college podcast last week, as it kind of started to bubble, and then obviously over the last couple of days, it's really started to explode with quite a lot of news. You know, conferences are canceling their season. Um, I think a couple of the smaller conferences, some of the group of five conferences, the M, the MAC conference has cancelled its season already. It cancelled it a few days ago, and last night the Mountain West conference cancelled their season. Look, these are big. These are big conferences. The Group of Five conferences. This is no small, you know, matter. Um, but the big dominoes that fall will be the Power Five conferences, um, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 are pretty much looking at cancelling their seasons. Maybe today. Um, so maybe by the time this podcast has gone out, this will be in the news and this will be confirmed. Um, there was a vote last night with the Big Tw- Big Ten. Sorry. Um, And they're presidents of each in university and they were voted 10 to 2 not to play. Um, The big dominoes, obviously, like I say, if those go ahead, um, we were talking about a little bit before um, we came on today. I just don't see how there could be a proper season if two of the five big conferences don't play. I mean, that will put an asterisk there um, next to the, the season. And um, there's two conferences that are determined to play. So the SEC and the ACC, uh, which contain you know, a lot of big teams, especially, you know, the SEC, the ACC, of course, contains Clemson, uh, where Mr Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence has been very outspoken about wanting to play. Um, it's not just about COVID, though, and this is where Trevor Lawrence comes into it. It's gotten a little bit political in the college ranks because of the way that the players um, obviously they're amateur players and they want to be unionised. And this is what we were talking about last week on the college pod with the We Are United movement. Um, this is now sort of morphed into the, what's called the We Want to Play movement where the players want to be unionised. The NCAA don't want that because that'll make them professional in all but name and it'll take a big slice out of their big fat paycheck that they get every, uh, every year, which is obviously worth billions and billions of dollars. Um, so there's a bit of a standoff really between the players and the NCAA. It also includes the athletic directors of each university which are getting, you know they have the voting power on whether to start the season or not and um, it's a bit of a mess to be honest with you um, we're, we're just waiting for more news but as things stand it's a bit of a three-way tug of war really with I think everyone really wants to play I don't, I don't think there's a lot of safety concerns on behalf of many of the players it's a little bit like the NFL they've got an opt-out system which you know no one's been sort of penalized if they do take that route out um, and you know it's their prerogative to do so but there's a lot of medical advice coming out of the West. and um, This is why the Pac-12 have stopped their season and, and going to be cancelling it maybe today. You know, The Pac-12 University has got some of the best medical universities in the world, you know, the likes of Stanford, Washington. Um, and a lot of their medical professionals are looking at this and saying there's actually quite a big um, cardiovascular factor of cardiomyopathy that might come into this. And that's not really being talked about a lot, either in the college level or the NFL level. And they're kind of that's why they're, they're shutting down their season immediately so it's kind of you know more as we get it kind of thing and obviously we're going to be talking about tomorrow on the college pod um just waiting for news to break really but yeah it's a bit of a mess i don't see how you can police that many universities uh, you know with no commissioner you know it's not like the nfl they've only got to look after 32 teams uh and they've got a commissioner who you know oversees everything the the college football ranks doesn't have that and obviously there's more people to uh kind of police and and keep you know under under their safeguarding protocols really and I just see how it's I just see it's pretty impossible I was pretty hopeful for a season until about two or three days ago and now that all this has kind of come out I'm not hopeful at all to be honest with you
1: Yeah, it's certainly an ever-changing picture, isn't it? It kind of makes me sort of a little bit worried that you just sort of think that we're just getting no noise whatsoever about the NFL not happening at all. It's not even being discussed, if anything. And I'll come to you on this one, Tim. The sort of instant reaction to the fact that there might not be any college football is, oh, great, we could have NFL football now on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays and Thursdays. So it's very, very strange that, like you say, I know there's obviously the professional elements, as you mentioned, but obviously, Tim, it seems all guns blazing for the NFL and potentially if there is no college football which you know we'll probably find out in the coming days um, it could well be that we get an absolute monster schedule where NFL games are scheduled, you know, literally from Thursday night right through until Monday. Which, you know, in one way great for the armchair supporter, probably not great for the UK fan. There'll be a lot of early games moved to Thursdays, Fridays, etc. Um, but you know, your instant sort of thoughts, if you like, on a, an NFL season that uh, potentially fills that void.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can look at it two ways. It either reemphasizes the NFL's confidence in that we will have a season or they, they are playing such, such a smokescreen and they are actually worried behind the scenes that but we're not being let onto that uh, as of yet. Yeah, uh, you know, the hopeful part of me is hoping that it's the former, um, but you can't be too naive to think that it could be a part, you know, the latter as well, that we're not being told um, everything. Like I say, if any uh, small percentage of, of people have opted out and... Um, obviously testing has has been agreed between the players and the NFL PA and the NFL, things look on the outside looking in that that are in place that we will at least be able to start the season which is why they're so confident on it as well, I mean the NFL aren't going to come out and and say how sceptical they are of starting the season because you know advertisements and sponsorships are going to start running for the hills um so I, I think that's that's the reason why it is the former and and not the case of saying oh yeah we're not sure or we need to vote on whether we're having have a season we're not sure whether we're going to have one or not but so uh, in terms of in terms of the scheduling and the knock-on effect uh, i'm i'm all for it um and if if it is the case i'd suggest that everyone that listens to this podcast gets it cleared by their partners now uh, or get the divorce papers in because i think you, you know you can <laughs> there's gonna be a few more battles for that tv isn't there during the week not just the sunday at six o'clock um <laughs> so that's funny um, but I, I know obviously in the UK a lot of people love Red Zone so it'll actually be to the detriment of a Sunday Red Zone you know, I love—I know people love tuning into Red Zone Scott Hansen, no commercials and all the rest of it but with, I'm not sure whether or not they'd extend Red Zone out to maybe a Saturday and a Sunday if the majority of games are played on then and I know obviously more games will be moved to Thursday slash Friday so in terms of Red Zone and the product here in the UK that people like to tune in and watch uh, I think that that will be uh, that'll be hit the most as so there's going to be less red zone action because there's obviously less games that you know could be in the red zone and you can find out you're going to find that more games are kind of you know at any point in the field so from from a from a watching perspective you if you're a red zone fan you're not going to be too happy uh, but for me personally as someone that likes to watch uh watch games singly you know one at a time and um, yeah, whether it be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or, you know, or Monday um, I'm, I'm fine with it, I, I enjoyed the fact that the games would be spread out um, obviously we do get Saturday games in the December uh, generally on an NFL season so it's not something that's going to be totally brand new obviously Friday night games is something totally different I think there's only been two, one or two Friday games ever in the NFL so uh, that would be but for me, I, I'm, I'm for it personally
1: yeah, I think it's almost inevitable that that will happen if there is no college, and it'll be you know interesting to see how teams then react to that. There's often been criticism, if you like, of the scheduling and teams on a bye and then playing on a Thursday and cross country travel and all those type of things, but uh, it very much looks like the show will go on hopefully we get a tv deal in the uk i'm not going to mention it too much i know a lot of people start flapping and panicking i'm sure one will be sorted out before the season kicks off um it's usually announced on the very last minute isn't it unfortunately we've reached the end of that five-year cycle when a new one needs to be signed um so we will keep our eyes peeled for that um Lee, you've mentioned it a couple of times, mate. Um, I'm sure there's obviously more longer-lasting impacts in terms of the college season not happening. I assume that's what you and the boys are going to discuss in a bit of depth on the college pod.
2: Yeah, so we'll be looking at sort of the fallout of the last couple of days, um, sort of getting our opinions across, trying to maybe get in there before a bit of news breaks, getting a maybe before and after reaction once things have happened. Um, and then, obviously, we'll be kind of reverting back to you guys because, obviously, we'll be looking very long-term and, you know, towards the spring, whether we get a draft in the right place in the spring and uh, whether that gets moved. Because, you know, the other option for these conferences is to move everything to spring and then the draft to be in summer. Um, and, you know, because, you know, you're going to have a knock-on effect for at least, like, a season for this because of the way that the calendar is going to be uh, rejigged, in a way, pretty similar to how we've got it in the Premier League in in uh, in England. Um, but yeah, no, there's going to be some knock-on effects. That's what we'll be going into, um, and also going into kind of what we feel about it, how we sort of temperature check, and how we sort of see um, how we see the, the everything unfolding in the next, you know, four, five, six months for college football.
1: Yeah, look forward to listening to you, mate, when it does indeed drop. And if you're not uh, already listening to the College Pod, make sure you do. learn the boys go into a lot more depth and if you're getting into your college stuff. Certainly, the place to go. Let's switch it back then, fellas, to the. NFL side of things and and a bit more talk about TV in a slightly different capacity. You mentioned already, Lee, that Anthony Lynn's got his two playbooks, one for game day and one for COVID. That could be something we see on this year's Hard Knocks, which is obviously going to feature Mm. the two LA teams. I'm really, really intrigued personally to see this in terms of how this is going to differ from any normal season. I can say as a fan that I absolutely loved the season that the Browns are on because it's obviously my team and and it probably carries more emphasis for you but just as a just as a family what are you looking forward to seeing with the Chargers being one of the teams featured this season?
2: I think with anything like this you know we've talked about you know hard knocks um, all or nothing you know these sort of things sometimes the the clubs themselves have this sort of YouTube uh, documentary running throughout the season but everything that I take from these things and I I watch a lot of these things um, even if it's not my team but what I like about the most is sort of getting to know the players a little bit more and the Chargers social media team does a great job of kind of showcasing all the characters that the Chargers have got on their roster throughout the whole season and uh, whatever they do is any sort of social media but sort of having that candid, um, you know, almost look at them in some points and then obviously, you know, getting the interviews and sort of seeing their sort of personal lives and things like that. Uh, just sort of, you know, getting to know your heroes almost is a, is a real big turn, uh, you know, turning point, sorry, a really big point for it. Um, obviously, you, you know, went through it obviously a few years ago with the Browns, um, you know, getting to know that. I think they'll focus on uh, Tara Taylor being the new quarterback on the centre. Um, obviously, there'll be a lot about the stadium, I think, and that's how they transition between uh, one team to the other. Um, obviously, got things like doing James and Jalen Ramsey's friendship, which I'm sure will be featured fairly uh, prominently in the se- in the series. Knowing that they're probably quite two larger-than-life characters, plus quite good friends as well. Um, but no, lots to look forward to. I think there's a lot of good characters on both teams. Obviously, we saw Rams all nothing, not even too long ago as well. So kind of. Um sort of seeing all those people back again is, is kind of a good thing. But yeah, looking forward to a lot, uh, getting to know the players, like I say, a little bit in terms of uh, seeing that behind the scenes look. Then also the new stadium as well, which is really exciting. It's a shame that there's not going to be any fans in it for a year, but um, it looks amazing um, as the new stadium goes. And yeah, just sort of seeing that. It's kind of the, the warm up for the football season starting in four weeks time, isn't it, as well?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a sign that the football season is right around the corner. Just just thinking of Tyrod Taylor there, feel sorry for him really because he was obviously in the hard knocks uh, with the Browns and there was much more focus put on Baker Mayfield. It'll probably be the same again. We'll probably get plenty of Justin Herbert and Tyrod will probably just float around in the background, but uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Tim, as a neutral, um, interested to see how it plays out or is it just not something that grabs your fancy at all, hard knocks?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll watch it. I think first off, though, just a pre-warning to, to people: when you are watching, it might be just worth checking that you are on the right channel because it could be a hard knocks. It could be an episode of Casualty. The amount of face masks that be on the screen, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think just with with the NFLs, was it start next week or week off or something? Doesn't it? I, I think with um, the NFLs approach to, like we said at the start of the program, where they they don't want any skepticism about the season not starting. I do wonder how much they let it out. You know, the, all the masks and um you know just the covid related stuff that in there so it'd be it'd be interesting to see how much covid is is in the in the final edit um just and so because that would be kind of dictated by you know who's actually in control of it. Is it the NFL that's running the show? There Or is it actually the actual the producers and the broadcasters that are that are recording it. Um, but it will, it will be interesting to see how much COVID is is affecting um, you know the training caps and all, and all of what we see. Um, I mean, me personally, I think I think it would be fine. I don't think there would be any hitches or any be any issues because I think the producers and the, and the makers of that program do a really good job. So um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it because it's NFL content. Um, Am I am I looking forward to it more than if Dallas were playing? Um, obviously, you yeah, Dallas did all or nothing. I was a really a big fan of that, so I, I could say that you know if Dallas won it, I'd be more inclined to watch. But I'll I'll watch it anyway because I enjoy watching st- stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So um, yeah, looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly going to be worth a watch, and uh, hopefully, everyone does get to enjoy it. Um, like I say, hopefully, the TV deal gets sorted out as well, so we can access it in other ways other than just through Game Pass. Um, so, fingers crossed that gets sorted out sooner rather than later.
0: My first payment came out for that <laughs> today.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, yeah, I got the email, yeah. Um, so, yeah, fingers cr- <laughs> yeah, fingers I'll crossed it doesn't that. crash as much this year. Fingers crossed. Um, right, I think we're pretty much done, fellas, but um, I suppose. Was really just as usual trying to plug everything full 10 yards so obviously we've mentioned it a few times during the day um, today Lee will be on Again, with um, some of the other boys talking about the more breaking news in terms of college football and what it means. And obviously, there's an awful lot of stuff happening there, so make sure you check that out. Lots of good stuff from a fancy perspective coming out from Dave and the boys. Um, I know Rob's put an article up today about players not to draft. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the boys are going to cover in the next podcast a little bit of coverage from our auction draft, which was great fun this week, fellas, I must say. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed not that. If name,
0: not if your name was uh, Lawrence or, um, or Rob.
1: Yeah, some, some people did better than others. I think that's safe to say, but uh, I'm sure the boys will discuss that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, always Jarwin actually sold for in an auction draft. Did he go for more than a dollar? I'll, um, I'll give you a clue. He certainly did. Um, Tim, anything else that you want to plug from an F10Y perspective?
0: Um, yeah, I uh, suppose now is probably the best time saying we're four weeks out from the season but I'm hoping over the next week or so to put out a an NFL season guide that we've all been working very hard on uh, looking to raise funds for um, the, the game here the grassroots game here so um, yeah, pretty much uh, keep your eyes peeled on, on our Twitter uh, thoughtful and how you can go about purchasing that so that's kind of in the the back end of the business end of, of production, so uh, looking forward to getting that out because we've worked, uh, say so we worked very hard on that over the over the months of, of the summer whilst uh, we've been locked down. So hopefully um, it's, it's well received. There's lots of stuff going on in the, in in there, and um, it's plenty of plenty of things from fantasy, NFL, and stats and you know, retro. I think kind of culminating from all our branches here at Full Ten Yards. So yeah, looking forward to that that finally getting out and not having that weight on my shoulders <laughs> anymore. To be quite honest.
1: You've carried it very well, my friend, and like you say, we've uh, we've kept it under wraps, but it's certainly been something we've all enjoyed working on. It would be ironic if we didn't actually get a season in the first season that we've put a guide together for a season, uh, so we'll be keeping our eyes and ears peeled. That saves me a job
0: for next year, I can just keep the template.
1: Copy and paste always works, mate. I've always been a big advocate of copy and paste, absolutely. Right then, fellas, let's get out of here because Lee's got another podcast to record very shortly. So it's been an absolute pleasure as always. And uh, for now, it's goodbye from Tim. Bye for now. Goodbye from Lee. Yeah,
2: I'll see you on the other side and see you on Wednesday night for the college podcast when that'll drop.
1: Cheers, buddy. And it's goodbye from me, of course. Let's finish in the great words of Kevin Cadle and say bye-bye for now